Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Out, the podcast, the only podcast that lets you look at our faces while you listen somehow. I don't know. Think about it. I'm that, that, that reminds me of like like how they're trying to make the 3D technology where you can watch movies in 3D without 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. Like you can listen to us and see us, but without seeing us. Oh, man, it'd be great if you could hear our voices and it like transpawns an image into your like brain. Uh, spaghetti, lasagna, uh, fried chicken, um, maybe peanut butter and jelly, probably <laughs> probably some soups. I'm just I'm naming all the things that you can you can eat while listening to our podcast. You, you know, go. maybe sandwiches. <laughs> Sorry for this tangent. I am Johananan, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG. I'm the co-host of Fresh Out the Box and Fresh Out the Podcast. I play tabletop games, and I used to investigate crime. And I'm not sorry for that tangent, and I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen. And welcome to episode 43 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Pickles, french fries, meatloaf. Green Did you beans, say macaroni and cheese? Macaroni and cheese. There you go. I had fried chicken yeah. mac and cheese like moments ago. We invite you to eat anything while you listen to our podcast. Except human. Don't eat human. So, hey, yeah. to, right off the bat, are y'all aware of CinemaCon? Just curious. CinemaCon? Yeah, so it's a thing... It's basically the movie theater industry's annual preview of things coming out this year, right? So it's like the owners of whether it's independent theaters or the big wigs like AMC and so on, they'll show a preview of films kind of coming out for the the rest of this year, um, things that have maybe just finished, but it kind of gives theater owners an expectation of like how to book their theaters. Like this movie's probably going to be really big. We saw a preview of it or we saw the first 10 minutes of it, you know, and so we should reserve this many theaters for it. Are we it's like and a it's wine tasting? Yeah, essentially. And so um it's there's like a lot of news that came out of it. I'm not going to get into it too much cuz we have other stuff to talk about, but I was I, I was traveling this past week, which I'm going to talk about in more detail here soon. Um, so, of course, all this news was coming out while I was there, but, like, they screened Top Gun Maverick for all the people there, and apparently it, like, blew everyone away. Apparently this is a really good movie that's been worth the wait, because I think it was originally supposed to come out in maybe 2019, and then got pushed 2020, and then COVID to 2021, and then it pushed again to 2022. It's been, been a long time coming, but um, apparently it's good. It's worth the wait. And they also announced, oh gosh, what else? Um, Avatar got, the Avatar 2 movie got a title. It's officially called Avatar The Way of, excuse me, The Way of the Water. Avatar The Way of the Water is the official name of Avatar Mm. 2. Um, The next Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, it sounds wet. Sounds very wet. In this one, you get to see their ponytails have sex with dolphins. I wonder if they can breathe through their ponytails if they're attached to, like, fish. I have great news for you, Jahan. We're going to find out. Do they have to go butt to butt or something? In just a few short months, Jahan, all of your answers will be revealed. 
all the pictures of things of production that have come out from Avatar 2, excuse me, Avatar The Way of the Water, have been in like the big tanks and swimming pools and things that they've been filming underwater. James Cameron loves the ocean and underwater stuff, as we've seen with his stuff in the past. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it'll be interesting. Mission Impossible 7 is officially called <clears throat> Mission um, Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh, no. Um, can I, just for a second, um, the entire Avatar world is like CG. So why film underwater? Because they film just like they did with the first movie. It's all actors doing motion capture. So they're all did wearing they film suits. the first one in the jungle. You don't need would to... it surprise you if they did knowing James Cameron? It would surprise me if they didn't film the first one underwater knowing James Cameron. I'm almost with Gary on this one. I do understand that it would make the motion capture look different if they were underwater, but <laughs> sure. he has a point. <laughs> it's such a fascinating franchise anyway, because it, you know, was the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. And... But there was a lot of backlash against it because obviously people are like, oh, it's just Dances with Wolves and blah, blah, blah. And it's not that good. It didn't leave that much of a cultural, you know, talking point. Like, who talks about Avatar? Can you name a character from Avatar? That kind of I, stuff. I'm more of an Avatar defender. I, I like Avatar. I said Unobtainium yesterday. Un yeah, Unobtainium. <laughs> unobtainium. There you so go. Stupid. All right. Uh, no, it was, really, it was a really interesting tactic of James Cameron to wait for all interests of this franchise to die out before even announcing the name of this movie. I Avatar came out in 2009. Hate, I don't hate Avatar, and I think I've only ever seen it once because it's way too long. But it's not bad, and it's not really good either. I just It's weird to me that it's such a polarizing film. Where, where people have such strong opinions about it, because to me, it's just kind of a mediocre sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's more technologically impressive than anything else. Yes. That being said, I think that Avatar The Way of the Water is going to make lots of money this year, I would assume. Yeah, it will make lots of money. The um, the giant like Avatar Tree of Life thing that they have at Universal? Is that where that's at? I haven't seen it. Avatar. It's, oh, it's at it's at Disney. It's at Disney. I I haven't seen it in person, but to me that is like the coolest thing that came out of the Avatar universe. Yeah, they put uh, it up, all that uh, in Animal Kingdom. All that it flora, that flora and fauna that they created for that world looks really cool, and the fact that it's like bioluminescent at night as the park gets darker is super cool. Like I love all that, but it's not something that Avatar created, you know what I mean? That's just an alien planet that they threw in a Disney park. I think that would be cool no matter which alien planet it was. Uh, that's just an awesome-looking tree and a bunch of cool flora. Yeah. No, it wasn't there when I went to Disney. It was the uh, it was still the Lion King tree at that point. I just watched the uh, the, the Disney Plus like behind-the-scenes thing where they talk about building it and... Uh, they show the designs and all that. I just, uh, I'm super into that stuff, right. so now I want to see it in person. You want to hear one of those like sad kid things? So when I was a kid, right? Maybe. I don't uh, know. My parents, like, we were going to go to Disney World uh, or whatever when I was very young. Very young. They got, like, a tape 
like a, like a here's your Disney vacation, like a like a video VHS. I watched that thing like a hundred times. <laughs> we never fucking went to Disney. <laughs> But, like, I felt like I was there, and I watched all the uh, Imagineering stuff and all that. I was, like, hella into it. So, I'm guessing you love all that new Disney Plus. Not new anymore, but all the Disney Plus stuff. I love that Imagineering series and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that came out. I don't watch as much as I want to. Uh, Uh, And there's that prop culture show and all that stuff. There's a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff on Disney Plus. I I could go for more, actually. I used to want to be an Imagineer. And it's weird. Now I am professionally an engineer of a sort. And so, like, maybe I could be. I don't know. You do know 3D printing. It's one step. This is a perfect lead-in because, you know, all the CinemaCon news was dropping. And I couldn't really focus on it too much because I myself was actually in Disney World this past week. And so I was going to talk about it a little bit. Um yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's been kind of a crazy news week from the movie side, because you had CinemaCon, you had all the Netflix stuff that happened the week before last with their, I'm assuming y'all saw that, with their stock taking a major hit because they actually lost scri- subscribers for the first time in 10 years. Um, and they've decided they're going to walk back uh, some of their spending on productions and things like that. They've wiped out their animation, animation division. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And it's like, I get it, you know, as a Netflix subscriber, there's a lot of content out there. There's not enough time in, in the day to watch all their content, but I want the content to be quality. And it seems like there's a lot of stuff being dropped on there that's maybe not of high quality. So sure, spend your money wisely, make better content, but also when you say, eh, we're scaling back spending and we're going to have less content, but we're charging you more, that's not yeah. a very good <laughs> So you kind of... You know, they're stuck between Especially a rock and a hard me, place. Man, I'm all about animation. I love animation. One right. of their best shows on Netflix is animated. Arcane is like, what are you doing? And as we've seen during COVID, you know, streaming has been a huge thing and, and has gotten so much momentum. And excuse me, I feel like I can't talk so much momentum. And now it's like you got CinemaCon and you got all these big wigs after all this negative streaming news have come out saying, hey, movie theaters, go to them. Good stuff. So it's it's an interesting time to be a movie fan. Um, so I just I felt like that was worth mentioning just because it is a big deal in the movie world. But um, let's during talk... that uh, during that week of murder Netflix, I jumped on the bandwagon and I ended up murdering. Uh, Netflix, Paramount Plus, and Peacock. And so, you know, I think the only... And we kept Hulu is packaged with HBO Max. So those are the two I've got. And for now, I'm on a those Disney Plus... Uh, I'm on a Disney Plus family plan. So as long as Disney Plus lets you keep doing that, that'll be okay. Yeah, I feel like you have the ones that are really good to have right not, now. Not I mean, I don't have you. any... We're not brought to you by Disney Plus or anything, but I just saw that you can pay two additional dollars for your Hulu membership to get Disney Plus, and that seems like a really good deal to me. Absolutely. My older brother well, actually speak- got us, uh, he got Disney Plus free from his work during the pandemic. Oh, that's sick. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Disney Plus, while I was in Disney, I kind of assumed like if you're staying at a Disney resort, as I was... 
I thought, man, are the TVs in the hotel rooms just going to have all of them have Disney Plus on it? And that's what you can watch. Uh, no, they don't. They don't have Disney Plus on their TVs. And their like resorts. They just have regular TV channels, but they do prioritize the Disney channels like Disney Channel and Disney XD and Disney Junior. Seems but like you cannot watch Disney Plus in your room. You'd figure that would just be a go to. Yeah, it should almost be the only thing you can watch while you're there. Right. Right. They, they they probably shouldn't pay a basic cable provider anymore. Yeah, no, that's kind of weird. Yeah, you, st- you actually stayed in the park. I did. So, yeah. So, let me walk it back here. Uh, yeah, I went to Disney World um, for four whole days. We Whoa. flew in on Sunday, and then we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we left on Friday. I bet your uh, arms were really tired after you flew in. Oh, Yes. A lot of flap in there. Um, Wait, you also flew? Yes, we flew. Damn. We flew there. Um, yeah, so my parent. So I went to Disneyland for the first time as a toddler, which I don't have much memory of. Went to Disney World for the first time. I think I was about seven. And uh, I still have memories of it. And it was a good time. And I've been to Disney World multiple times since. I've been fortunate to go. Um, my Family is they're pretty big Disney fans um, and my parents have taken pride in making it a tradition that they go with their grandchildren to Disney World for the first time. They've done it with my nieces and nephews and so on. And uh, my dad about a year ago started saying, hey, you know, I, you know, as you all know, I have a daughter. She's two now two, two years and what three months old now. Two years oh, and, and she's a bucket of adorable kisses too. That's such a <laughs> cute little kid. Yeah. So my dad, like a year ago, started saying, "Hey, would you, you know, would you want to go?" And I thought, "No, she's too. She's way too young. I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun." Uh, but he started to push a little harder because my dad's seventy years old. He's not getting any younger. Um doesn't want to wait till it's till it's too late and he his thought was you know hey even if she doesn't remember it we can go have a good time my dad likes star wars he wants wanted to see the star wars stuff i like star wars um you know and so we said all right let's do it let's plan a trip and so we did and that's kind of how it came to fruition um it seemed like it was forever away and then all of a sudden it snuck up on us and here it was we went and uh, first off it was it was a nice time. There are a lot of good memories to be had. But I can say this first and foremost. After going to Disney World with a two-year-old, would I recommend anybody take a two-year-old to Disney World? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I can I can say that confidently. Um, if you have a two-year-old, I'd, I'd save some of your sanity. I'd say wait till they're a little bit older. Now, that being said, my daughter loves Minnie Mouse. She loves Anna and Elsa and Olaf from Frozen. You know, she knows the Disney characters enough that there's a lot of recognition there. So that was fun. She likes Toy Story, so she knows Woody and Buzz and and things like that. I mean, it'll surprise you how much somebody of that, uh, you know, a child of that age, what they can retain. Um, but you just have so much to worry about from like, does she have enough sunscreen on? Is she not going to get burnt? Is she drinking enough water? Cause it's super hot outside all the time. When you're in 
Magic Kingdom or Hollywood Studios, there's barely any shade. Like, you're just out there to bake all day. At least Animal Kingdom has trees everywhere and shade and whatnot. Well, did you say you get baked all day? Because I'm now I'm interested all of a sudden. <laughs> Different kind of, not the fun kind of baked. Oh. Uh, but yeah, you know, and like, is she drinking enough? Is she eating enough? All that kind of stuff. It just makes it difficult for a parent. Now, I saw parents there with kids younger than mine and multiple of them and, and infants and newborns. Like you see all of them. Uh, so that was interesting. So much respect there. Um, but when you are a kid and you go to Disney World for the first time um, or even the second time, even the third time when you're young. There, it is magical. I mean, it really is. I remember my experiences being that way. When you go as an as a parent, uh, it, it loses a little bit of that magic when you're dealing with the heat and the the foot traffic and just everything that comes along with it. But here's here's the crazy thing about what they've done with Disney now that I was even surprised to see. If you're thinking about going in the near future, they used to have a program there called. Fast pass. Are y'all aware of what this is? Yeah. yeah. So you would, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, if there's a ride that you want to ride, but it maybe has a super long line, go earlier in the day, grab a fast pass. It was free if you were in the park. You just like hit a button, you got a ticket, and it'd say, come back at three o'clock. And then you could go through the fast pass lane and bypass a large portion of the line and, and have a faster experience. That is gone. Fast Pass is gone. It's not a thing anymore. What they've done now is they have a program called Genie Plus. And Genie Plus means that... Does Will Smith come up and slap you in the mouth? (laughs) (laughs) No. So Genie Plus is an additional... I believe it's $15 per guest per day that you're there. To, that allows you to basically use use fast passes. Oh, so it's for people who are more financially uh, stable than other people. That's nice. The way that and only the rich people get to do it instead of people who show up early. I like that. It's a better design. Good and it's job. all done through their app. So you choose the right. So on your app, Disney now is is all like everything's through an app. You can see the map of the park on your app. And on, and this is kind of neat. On the map, you can see all the rides and what the wait times are. So you can look at it and see like, oh, you know, Splash Mountain's an hour right now. But, but, you know, Haunted Mansion's only 20 minutes. So let's go to Haunted Mansion. That's kind of nice. Um, yeah. But the way that it works is Lightning Lanes is what they call the, the Fast Pass system now. You can only reserve one at a time. Fair. For your for your family, Fair. um, and they you can start doing it at seven a.m. in the morning. So you're up, and you have to be on your app and say, "I want the lightning lane for this ride," and it'll tell you what time. And some are easier to get than like some. You know, you can get them consistently through the day. Yeah. Then, on top of that, so you're already paying for your Genie Plus, your fifteen dollars a day yeah. per person. Then there are rides that are not part of that. Unless you like premium. Like they're premium. So Jesus. for example, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, the yeah. new the newest Star Wars ride that's very popular. To reserve a lightning lane for that ride, it is $15 per person flat out. So for example, wow. Jahan, if you 
and Gary, if you, me, and Gary were all in Disney World right now, wow. we'd already we're already paying fifteen dollars a piece for our our Genie Plus to be able to do Lightning Lanes, but we would each have to pay fifteen dollars a piece on top of that to reserve a spot for Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. So it'd be an additional forty five dollars for all of us to get it and. You have to reserve it at 7 a.m. in the morning through the app because if you don't, they sell out within minutes. So if you don't get it, then that's it. You're then. And when I was at the parks, the average wait time for Rise of the Resistance was 135 minutes. So two hours and 15 minutes to wait in the normal line to ride this ride because it's so popular. Um, so their Lightning Lane and Genie Plus system is kind of a racket. For sure. I, Not kind of. I'm, it's total racket. It's definitely a racket, but I uh, maybe, maybe, maybe these are the kinds of things that make Disney have more longevity, and it makes it a nicer and better place than Six Flags. Maybe. But I saw... good lord, is that just highway robbery? <laughs> but the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but when you stand in line, like you said, you everything tells a story and every little thing is an image and do, you don't have to pay the extra $15. You can wait two hours like every other chucklehead. Exactly. And here's the thing that I'll say to their credit. Um, one of the days, so we did Magic Kingdom the first day, then Hollywood Studios, then Animal Kingdom, then Epcot. Most of the rides, you can do lightning lanes for pretty much every ride, and every park only has one or two rides that are the premium ones that you have to pay per person for the lightning lane. Like, it's Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios. Um, one of the Avatar rides, uh, Flight of Passage, is that way at Animal Kingdom. At Epcot, there's a new Ratatouille ride that's awesome, um, and you have to pay for that one. Um, so yeah, so there's... so. And, and at Magic Kingdom, my wife and I actually, we paid to do the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is a newer coaster, roller coaster that's seven uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs themed. And it's really good. Um, to their credit, if you, for those rides that you have to pay for the individual lightning lanes, five minutes is what we had to wait to get on the ride. So for a ride that maybe had an hour and a half to two hour wait, you go through and five minutes you're on the ride. So and now the question is, you're yeah. kind of, it's kind of worth it at the time. So like it's thanks when you're doing it, but it's if it were worth it. just the three of us, I I might pay the forty five dollars so that you guys wouldn't wait two hours because I don't want to. I I really might buy the lightning pass for everyone with me so that I don't have to stand out there and wait two hours. <laughs> right. See, and it's like. You know, and and here's the thing, and, and to talk a little bit more about my experience that was interesting. So, um, the day that we were at Hollywood Studios, where that's where Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars themed area is, um, my wife and my mother, and of course my two year old, have no interest in Star Wars. So that day we did other things. Um, that morning, my dad and I were both trying to get us lightning lanes for just the two of us to do. Rise of the Resistance. And when I went to do it on my app, I selected a time. I got like noon. Because it tell, it gives you a time of when to go back to the ride. And it was like, come back between noon and one. And I went to, you know, okay, yes, I want this purchase. I'm doing it at 7 a.m. on the dot. And right as I go to purchase it, my app is like, please log in. 
oh my gosh. So I enter my password as quick as I can. It takes a second to load, and it's like, this is no longer available. And then I tried to go back to the ride, and it was saying nothing was available. And I was about to lose my mind. (laughs) Uh, But luckily, my father was doing it at the same time, and he got us uh, the reservation between 7.50 p.m., and 8.50 p.m., and the park closes at 9. So, like, we literally got the last time that we could do it. And so that evening when we were, uh, my mother and wife and daughter went back to the hotel earlier so that my daughter could go to bed. My dad and I still had, like, a good hour plus to kill before Rise of the Resistance. We're like, oh, we'll ride Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon-themed ride. And it was a 55-minute wait. Um, and it probably went a little bit faster than that, honestly. It, wa- it really wasn't bad. I was just chilling with my dad in line. It was a good time. Um, and it was probably 55 oh. minutes, including the oh. time to ride the ride, which is a pretty lengthy <laughs> ride experience. Um, so right, it was cool. Gary. Yeah, no, just having a shared interest with your dad and like going <laughs> to a park and like hanging out. That all sounds that, that all sounds like that. That sounds cool. Ah, yeah. I'm sorry to bring about any. Uh, hey, no, don't worry about it. Here or anything? No, it'd be. <laughs> you know, it would be cool to be on Smuggler's Run. <laughs> well, as I as I mentioned earlier, you can see on the app the wait times for these rides. And while we're in line for Smuggler's Run, I go look. I'm like, ah, you know, after this, we'll get to do Rise of the Resistance. What's the wait time for it? And I look on the app, and it says Rise of the Resistance temporarily closed. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I wonder what that means. Surely they're just it's a quick issue. They'll get it resolved because you see that throughout. Honestly, with seeing all the wait times in the app, you see that sometimes for different rides. And then 10 minutes later, they're back open again. Like maybe they just maybe somebody I watched somebody throw up on one of the spinning teacups at one point. So, you know, things happen. (laughs) Uh, Man, you really should have opened with that one. Did it get all over anyone? No, luckily not. It got all up in the teacup and then the crew was there cleaning it up. Um, it delayed the ride for a while, and it was one of the, like... And then the thing is, when the ride goes... Did you see it, like, afterwards? Or, like, did you see it blasting and spiraling? Because that's that's what I've got yeah. in my mind. I saw after the fact, as they were going to go mm. clean it up. I got and two so, moments, uh, real quick. Uh, first off, last theme park I went to was Fiesta, Texas. Uh, Six Flags. Um, the Joker ride, which is insanely terrifying and, like, awesome. Uh, someone puked all over the place on that one. Uh, they had to close it down to clean it up. And so the line cleared out and I got in in like five minutes. So it was dope. Uh, and then the other time we were at, uh, Disney world on the teacups. It was me and my older brother and my younger brother and my dad. (laughs) And like, you know how you can spin them yourself? Well, you guys know me. (laughs) I was like manhandling that thing. We were going like, we had like three G's on us. And my old Jahan's the guy that's like standing up halfway, putting all their weight behind it to get it to spin literally as fast fast as hell. And my older brother got really motion sick and like started like passing out and stuff. It was crazy. So we've both witnessed things on the teacups now. We were waiting in line, saw it happen. They got it cleaned up. It was a teal green teacup, but there's lots of teal green teacups. Um, So the thing is, when the ride runs, all the teacups are in different places when it ends. (laughs) So So all we were saying, as soon as it's our turn to go, we're like, don't get in a teal one. Get in any color that other than a teal one, because we don't know which one it is. (laughs) Um, 
Anyway, it's a fun uh, show game. <laughs> so we finished Smuggler's Run, and my dad and I walk over to Rise of the Resistance, and sure enough, they have a rope across the entrance, and they had staff members there, and a bunch of people were waiting out front um, because the ride was closed. They were having some sort of malfunction, um, and the, this guy, man, the poor guy at the rope, because he's getting hounded by people like us who had lightning lanes and are going, hey, I paid for that. I want to ride the ride. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, you know, the ride broke down. They're working to fix it as po- as quickly as possible. We don't know if it's going to reopen but before the park closes. Um, so if it, if it doesn't, you know, you'll have to go to guest services. They can either get you a refund or they might be able to schedule it, reschedule it for tomorrow. But there's no guarantee. And because the way Disney works, you have to have reservations for certain parks on certain days. And yeah. you can only travel between parks after 2 p.m. Like there's all kinds of crazy yeah, park rules. Passes and yeah, you just want to go to the parks and enjoy, but there's, there's lots of rules. Um, but yeah. And so um, there are of course a lot of people on edge. Luckily we were only there for about 10 minutes before they reopened the ride and uh, we did get to ride it and it was awesome. It was great. Was it, it was dope? Was it like worth oh, 15 bucks? Oh yeah. It was a great ride. I mean, and, and it's one of those where like, the ride itself is super fun and there's a lot of lead up to the ride storytelling wise that lead up to that. And so that's cool. And also rise of the resistance. And there's a, the Ratatouille ride, as I mentioned before, that's Epcot. And there's a ride at Hollywood studios called uh, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. It's a newer ride that opened in the old, uh, it used to be the great movie ride that's in the big Chinese theater. Um, in Hollywood studios, they have these new rides that are trackless technology. So they are all programmed carts that move around on their own on the ground. I don't know if it's like magnetized or what, but there's no track on the ground. It's smooth. And those rides are incredible. I mean, just the way that the carts move and they're pro it is so cool. I, this it's for sure the future of these theme park rides, the way that they're doing this. Yeah. Now, me and Jenny uh, really want to go some sometime in the next couple of years. It's it is Disney is still a really cool place to go, but man, with the two year old, is it hard? And man, is there a lot uh, of there's there are a lot of little hurdles you have to jump over because I guess I guess this is the thing. My wife and I are very much the type of when we travel, we choose a place and we we get a place to stay and like. And that's it. We maybe have one or two things scheduled that we want to do, but we're very much the type of just let's just go and go with the flow and see what yeah. we do. And, and and with Disney, you can't do that. Yeah. Everything has to be planned out. I never want to go to Disney World without my older brother ever because he's like so he's OCD uh, and he's a planner. Um, and so he did all this research, man, like where to go, when to go to what ride, what time, what to do first, how to like the tricks. And like, so what he was doing, it was before the system that you had, it was in place. He would go to all, like anytime we'd pass a ride, he'd grab a fast pass just in case we want to go back to it and just boom, boom, boom. He'd just be grabbing them. Uh, and that's probably why they implemented the system that you had. Uh, but yeah. So you, you know, he'd be like, yeah, you got to go to the back of the park first. And like, he just had everything planned, man. And so, like, we got to see a lot of stuff. 
But I'll say there's there with the planning or with the app usage, there are cool things too. So I, you know, you harp on the negatives because it's very easy to do so. But for example, there's a lot of the food stands throughout the park um, that you can do mobile orders. So that's neat. If you're like across the park and you're about to ride a ride and you're and you're saying, well, after it's a 30 minute wait for this ride. And after this, I'm I need to eat lunch. And I'd like to order from this place. You can place your order and That's choose good. your order, your pickup window, and then place the order so that then when you're done with the ride, say like, you know, you check in on the app as you would with like Chick-fil-A's app if you order online and you just say, yeah, I'm here. And then it'll pop up on your phone. Pick up your meal at order window one, two, or three, or four, whatever yeah. it is, no, that's pretty and your food's there. So, like, that st- type of stuff is awesome. That you're not, you don't have to wait in the line to order your food, or, you know, and then wait for it to be prepped. You can do yes, it through there. If so only they could figure out a way to streamline all of the human-to-human interaction to where you could be at this magical place, and you wouldn't have to see anyone else or, or <laughs> talk to them or stand by them. You could just be there. You could be in your own Man, land of so, joy and Disney fun. So I was staying with family in Mexico city. Uh, and I was getting like dental work done. Cause like friend of a friend, she's a dentist, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I had a lot of dental work going on. And so I had pills, right? Like painkillers. Cause I was get, I got like six root canals and I went to six flags, Mexico city. Right. And I was on all these painkillers and like, I was with this buddy that I made a friend I made down there and we were at six flags and I was on all these painkillers and I was talking to everyone and like, we got adopted by a family and we just went around with that. It was crazy, man. It's FYI. That sounds like a great time. It was dope. <laughs> I would say... Um, don't do drugs. Some yeah, of the, no. <laughs> don't do drugs. Not some of the biggest, or One of the biggest highlights of the trip was at Disney um, for your dinner, actually for different meals, different times of day, uh, you can reserve what they call character meals. Mm. And so these are dinner reservations you make at a restaurant that some, some of the restaurants are in the parks. Some are at some of the different resorts. Uh, but you eat dinner and the characters will come around to your table and see you. Um, for example, the first one we went to was at a restaurant called Hollywood and Vine that was in Hollywood Studios. And it was a dinner hosted by Minnie. And so Minnie Mouse would come around to your table. Um, and also, I think Mickey and Pluto and Goofy were there. And so that was that was neat. And then we did one at Animal Kingdom at a restaurant called Tusker House, and it was hosted by Donald. And so Donald and Daisy would come around to your table, you know, things like that. And that's really nice because it guarantees you're going to see some of the characters and you don't have to wait in the ridiculous lines in the parks. Uh, As an example, we rode the Frozen-themed ride uh, at Epcot, which my daughter loved, and we had a lightning lane for it, so it was a quick wait. But after that, you get out, and right next to it is where they have the area where you can meet Anna and Elsa. Uh, And it was an hour-long wait to meet those characters. And we said, nope, not doing it. Um, But anyway, at these meals, we would meet characters, and we had three of them three days in a row. And so my daughter, it was like the first night we had the characters, she'd get really excited seeing them from afar, 
But when they got close, she'd be like, eh, like, ah, I like seeing Pluto or Minnie, but I don't want Minnie all up in my business right now. And we, you know, kind of Easter into maybe giving them like a high five. And then the second night, um, she was a little bit more into it where you could stand up and get close with them for like a picture, but she still wouldn't let me put her down on the ground and let her run to them. She just, she wanted me to hold her still. So then, but then by the last night she was full on, get me out of my seat on the ground, running, sprinting to give them hugs, stuff like that. It was, it was super cute. Uh, so I would recommend the character meals, but yeah. So, I mean, that's it. A lot of highlights. Star Wars stuff is super cool. Um, the actually you y'all mentioned earlier, we were talking about avatar. We did go to Pandora is, you know, the avatar themed land in animal kingdom. And it's pretty cool. I mean, the big floating rocks and stuff, it was neat. And all the flora they have there. It is weird when you walk in and there's all the signs because all the lands in Animal Kingdom are themed after different continents. Like there's Africa and there's Asia and so on. But then one of the signs is Pandora. And so that's kind of interesting. Um, (laughs) But we did both the Avatar rides and uh, and they're fine. You know, one of them is pretty cool. uh, The Flight of Passage, it's kind of like a virtual reality-esque ride of like you're riding one of the flying banshees in it and that was really cool the other one is uh is like a river raft ride that's slow paced but has one of the animatronics of one of the navi that's one of the most impressive animatronics i've ever seen in my life so i thought you know there's some pretty cool stuff Uh, i talked about the trackless rides yeah and then magic kingdom has just a lot of old school rides that like peter pan's flight is an old ride there uh you know, a slow dark ride that has like an hour long wait for it still. And you get on it and it's two minutes long to just kind of fly through and see some super old janky animatronics. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, why, why is this? An, I mean, and, and same for, you know, things like a small world. These are, they're so old, but you know, yeah. they're Disney classics. They're always going to be there, but man, some of those are, <laughs> So <laughs> some of those 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 in Small World look like they're held together with scotch tape. Like it's yeah. just crazy. So, so you, I you went, went to Disney that. like years and years and years ago. I thought I was probably in like fourth grade, so I was probably nine ish. Uh, and I've sustained some some head injuries since then, so I don't remember it too well. But what I can tell you is that almost. What twenty five years ago? It's a small world was a janky piece of crap, and so I'm not surprised to learn that it's a janky piece of crap. Yep, but it's a classic. So you stayed at a resort. Uh, which did you go to all four parks? We did. We did. How many days were you there all together? So, so it's four days total. Um, we stayed at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, and that was this was another highlight too. That resort is a hub for the Skyliner system, which is like a gondola system that goes to Epcot and Hollywood studios. So we saw people arriving that way. That that's dope. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Was super cool. Um, especially because it our the one at our hotel went directly to Hollywood studios. We're really close to it. So it was a very quick ride. Um, whereas you had to take a bus to get to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom, and the bus ride would take a while. And when you have a two-year-old, you have a stroller, so you have to fold your stroller up to get on the bus and to sit on this long bus ride to get to the... I mean, not long. Long, we're talking, you know, a 15-minute bus ride, but still, with a two-year-old, five minutes can be long. Uh, whereas the Skyliner, 
You could push the stroller directly onto your little cart. Five minute ride across the way, and then you were at the park, and it's a breezy ride. It was beautiful. Skyliner, totally worth it. I've seen some negative comments online because people have been on it when it broke down and so on. <laughs> My experience was not that way. I mean, everything worked seamlessly. It was awesome. So I highly recommend, you know, if you stay at the Disney resorts, you get access to all the buses and things like that that make your life easier. I've never not stayed at a Disney resort, so I don't know what it's like to be at an off-campus resort and have to drive yourself on or, you know, whatever. So I can't speak to that, but I will say we had a good experience with all that. Yeah. So, yeah, when we went, so we drove from here to Florida. Uh, me, my mom, and my younger brother, uh, we drove there. We drove there one one go. We drove there nonstop. Uh, we didn't stop anywhere. And we got there. Um, I think we picked my older brother up from the airport the first day because he was, he was living in New York at the time. Uh, so he met us there. And then I think we also picked my dad up from the airport because he had to, like, stay behind or something. Uh, but, yeah, we stayed off campus at, like uh, – you know, a house had a pool. It was dope. You know, we all had our own rooms. And I, I think we had booked it with other people, but everyone else canceled. And we were like, whatever, you're lost. <laughs> we, uh, let's see, we went, yeah, we went to two parks. And then the third day, my parents are old and they were like, we want to rest. And so we went to Universal Studios. Uh, and then we went to the, uh, the next two parks to the last two days. Uh, it was a good time, man. Like, I, I really liked it. Disney is actually, I mean, Disney's worth the hype, you know? I would have loved to take an extra day. You know, honestly, my, my body couldn't have handled, handled an extra day, uh, to be honest with you. But in hindsight, you know, if I didn't have a little one and could have been doing what I wanted to do, I would have loved to go do an extra day and go to Universal because I've never done the, the Harry Potter stuff there and... and a lot of the new stuff they have at Universal. Harry I think Potter World really... was crazy, man. That's one of the ones. Uh, my brother read it up. You gotta when the you gotta be there when the park opens and you beeline it for the the Harry Potter like the school. Like you actually like the the queue goes through Hogwarts, mm-hmm. uh, and it's crazy. Like the line itself is crazy. There's holograms of the actors, blah blah blah. It's nuts. Uh, but even though we went straight there when the park opened we still had to wait a little while we were like damn good yeah. thing we came but it was yeah no nah, man it was worth it uh universal's i actually really like universal a lot uh the jurassic park area is awesome you know uh but i'm a big i'm a big theme park guy too uh. yeah i love theme parks I, I mean i should have prefaced with that too you know i watch a lot of youtube videos of when they have new attractions open at disney i like watching all that stuff a lot of my tiktok algorithm shows like disney you know cool snacks and disney eats and thing and you know and new rides and the new guardians of the galaxy ride actually opens in epcot next month so i'm sad that our trip was planned um right before it opened so that opens actually the time this episode drops this month it'll be open but yeah late may so so like yeah so i I really like theme parks me and gary Almost got to work. Uh, we, we were trying to work with this company to do theme park stuff. I don't know if you remember. I don't want to name names. But uh, there was this company that, like, we reached out to them. They were, like, coming up. Uh, you know, they, they were an old company coming back in a big way in the TTRPG community. <clears throat> they're, and... uh, they're still around. They, <laughs> they, 
They are still developing a Dungeons and Dragons like game uh-huh. and a theme park that ties into that yes. game. So uh, that's that's what they're doing. But yeah, don't yeah, don't go look them, them up or anything yeah, for we're right to now. Work with them, but like they said, all this like racist and transphobic <laughs> stuff on Twitter like the next day. We we're like, oh god! And then there was like three or four interviews with one of the founders that came out. We we're like, oh my god! And so we just like we couldn't work with them. So those writers are no longer attached to that project, but the person who is doing the theme park side still wants to do the theme park, and they don't want to change the name of their product just because of some racist dickheads on Twitter. So the project is kind of stalled for now. So we may still end up working with the the cool theme park fantasy people. If they got rid of all the, the shitty people, I would love to work. On, don't uh, don't worry. We're still we're still in the, in the know, hey, as it were. I didn't name names for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I like theme parks. Just a little fun aside there. Yeah. So that was it. So if you have any other questions about my trip, you know, feel free to uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Drew Munhausen. I'll be happy to answer any questions you about want it. Tips otherwise... on how to bring a young child to the parks. Uh, any tips or tricks? Drew's the guy. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Or what you know, some cool rides and and things. I, I mean, I, I talk. It's just so easy to to load the conversation up first with all the crazy stuff of the apps and the money and all that. Which I mean, you know, if you're going to Disney, you're going to be spending money. So in a way, it's like, what does it matter if I'm spending this extra fifteen dollars to ride this one ride? I mean, you know, I get it. Uh, it's kind of pennies on top of everything else that you're paying. But relatively, uh, yeah, I guess. When it works, though, it, it does it works well. So that's what's nice about it. But yeah, it was it was a good trip overall. But yeah, so that's why uh, I because I've been gone for the past week, I don't have as much that I've been watching as usual. My poor Letterboxd account where I log all my movies, man, it's it's like kind of getting dry and musty, waiting for me to log some more stuff. So I got I got to watch more movies. Here. Was my nickname in high school. I bet I'm, it was. I'm surprised they haven't sent you an email yet to see if you're still alive. Like Duolingo. Yeah, there's like cobwebs hanging hanging from it. Duolingo's yeah. like, you better you better log on soon or else. Yeah, but this one should know Drew so well that if he hasn't been uploading movies, something terrible has happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did I did get to go to the theater uh before my trip and I saw Ambulance, the new Michael Bay film yeah. uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen. And this movie rules, guys. Like, it's awesome. It's Michael Bay just being Michael Bay, having a good time, lots of explosions and crazy stuff with the hijacked ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal doing his thing that he does recently where he's always kind of unhinged. Man, guys, this movie rules. This movie's so good. Bet, I bet that it does. You'll get no argument from me. I'll I argue. bet that that movie rules. I'll, I'll, I bet that movie's a huge piece of shit. But hey, what do I know? No, I it's like awesome. bad movies. So who, who who knows? There's a part where I mean, I'm, I'll call spoilers for this, but I mean, you're you're seeing a Michael Bay movie. You know what to expect. But there's a part where they, you know, so they've hijacked this ambulance and one of the ambulance workers is on the ambulance with them, right? As a hostage. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a patient on the ambulance as well. Yeah. So just to up the stakes. Um, and he's got a bullet in him because he's been shot. And so she is an EMS worker, not a surgeon. But she has to FaceTime with some actual emergency room surgeons to try to remove the bullet with the help of the criminals who've hijacked the ambulance while it's moving at 60 miles per hour. And this Hell intense yeah. pain. Hell oh, yeah. Good stuff. This is good stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you take whatever's happening and then you turn it up. You turn it all the way up. All the way up. Yeah, for sure. Um, my only complaint is that at two hours and 15 minutes, this movie's maybe a little on the lengthy side. If this could have been like a compact hour 40 even, I'd, it would be better, but... Hey, I, I had a great time with this. So, yeah, go see Ambulance, the new Michael Bay film. Um, it's actually on video on demand already. I think you can purchase it for $25 or rent it for $20 uh, on Apple TV or whatever your uh, streaming service of choices for VOD. But, yeah, uh, or you can go see it in theater. And it's uh, it's good. It's good. John's just shaking his head. He looks so mad that I'm even advocating for this movie at all. I'm smiling. The, Look, uh, man, the, uh, Jahan has seen Bad Boys too. You yeah. just just know that he is one and a half steps away from being all in on this movie. Oh, and on that note, they reference the Bad Boys movie in this movie. Like the world of Ambulance, Bad Boys is a movie. That they've seen. So I love that Michael Bay has made direct <laughs> references to his own movies in his newest movie. The, it's good stuff. The Michaelverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also the same universe as Transformers. Could be. Yep, it all it all really happens in that world. <laughs> Man, I would love to see uh Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Transformers movie, but not directed by Michael Bay. Man, it's a shame. Michael Bay's been doing however many Transformers movies he's done, and in between we got, what, this? Now, finally this, and then we had Pain and Gain came out a few years ago. I don't I can't remember oh. if he did any other ones in between. Man, wasn't Pain and Gain the one with The Rock and Mark Wahlberg where they, like, took over a rich guy's life? Yeah, that was actually really bad. It's, like, semi-based on a true story, but... Watching those two on screen was so painful. They're so bad together. Mark yeah, they're Wahlberg. like professional bodybuilders who try to do something. I just am not. Ever since The Happening, Mark Wahlberg is, has and will always just be trash. And probably no, before it, The Happening. Definitely before I take it back. He did more than I Because he did Transformers 1, 2, and 3, and then did Pain and Gain. Then a fourth Transformers movie. Then he did 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, if you remember. Then another Transformers movie. And then we got in 2019, Six Underground, a movie that I thought was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, but uh, Ambulance. That's the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Every yes. movie is the one with Ryan Reynolds now. That's true. Feels that way. Either that or uh, Six... Spider Man. Six Underground, bad. Ambulance, good. Uh, so, I also watched a documentary on Netflix called White Hot, 
The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Have either of you watched this? No. Uh, so this is a documentary. No, on... but I bet it had you in stitches. It's, it's, are you saying that because stitches rhymes with fitch? Is because it's because it's, it's, it's like a sewing. It's like a sewing joke, and Abercrombie mm. and Fitch is a, a textile company. Gotcha. Mm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess that so, joke was a was a stretch fit. This. Oh boy. This documentary is definitely tailored to us. It is tailored to people who went through junior high or high school in the late, super late 90s or early 2000s when Abercrombie and Fitch was at their peak. And I mean, it it does kind of hit the nail on the head of like really showing the history of that and their rise and what it was like. And how I felt about Abercrombie or people who wore it and everything. So that that part of it is interesting. Um, and then, th- so maybe like that first 20 minutes or so, kind of showing the rise of the company. But the rest of it is about how, basically, not that this is revolutionary to anybody who knows, but how racist the company was and how who they were catering to and who they wanted to be wearing their brand that way it's who they allowed hat. yeah who who they allowed to work in their store uh you know things like that and it's interesting seeing how it all played out um but i do think it's it's a documentary that gives you 20 minutes on the history of of Abercrombie and then an hour Plus, telling you how racist they were when it's like if you knew about Abercrombie, you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, I, I witnessed it. So uh, you know, from that standpoint, I don't know if it's worth its its runtime, but it is interesting to watch it. And yeah, and to your point, Jahan, white hot. It's it's a of course one of those double meanings because they they mention in the documentary that any company that is white hot as Abercrombie once was, you know, they're at the top of their game, making all the money. They're white hot. Any company that's white hot at some point has to burn out. And that's the reference they make in it, but it is 100% what you're saying. If also representing white hot, cause that's who they wanted to cater to. They wanted yeah. white hot people to be wearing their brand and working in their stores. So, um, I would say this overall was, was, a very mediocre meh documentary, but it might be worth watching for those like us who were, were in high school at the time of this company being at their peak. Cause you're for sure going to be able to relate to it. And, yeah. Cause we were all big Abercrombie and Fitch guys. I remember we used to stand outside of the mall with our t-shirts over our shoulder, just striking poses uh, for anybody who'd walk by, we all had With those cats showing mm-hmm. and reflecting the light. And, oh yeah, I'll yeah. I remember, we used to all, we used to all grease each other up before we'd mm, go mm. just strut. Yeah, I, I probably watched that to remind me of the good old days. <laughs> Back when we all had glistening abs. Yeah. Make America the early two thousands again. So yeah, so those are really the only movies that i've been watching have you have y'all been watching anything else recently yeah uh i've watched a few things movie wise i watched a movie on netflix called kate have you seen this movie 
Oh, I have it. Is this the Mary Elizabeth Winstead movie? Um, the it girl is. from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard of this movie. I know of it, but I've never watched it. John McClane's daughter? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's it's worth a watch. Uh, it's a good action uh, movie. Way gorier than, than I would ever expect. It's super bloody. Uh, dude, it was like... It was just like half a dozen fucks away from a Tarantino movie, you know. <laughs> like it, it was, it was, it had that kind of feel in a lot of parts. Um, it's super, super violent. She's an assassin. Uh, long story short, there's betrayal, blah blah blah, revenge. Um, it takes place in Japan. That's where she's working. Um, they show they show a lot of Japan. It's pretty cool. I like uh, that part. They, I don't know, It there's a really, really badass fight scene in a, I guess it's like a restaurant with uh, all, all of the booths have like those paper walls, so they use that to very great effect uh, during the fight scene. There's a lot of really like, high, highly stylized fight scenes. The fight choreography is fantastic. Uh, so if you want to see some cool fight scenes, I mean, check it out. Woody Harrelson's in this movie too. Uh, he's pretty good in Man. it. You're really winning me over here. I had zero interest, but the more you say, the cooler this gets. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was good in it. Uh, her character was interesting. Um, just cool. And then, yeah, <laughs> friggin' Woody Harrelson's in it. Uh, some girl that I don't know is also one of the main characters. And then there's just a bunch of other people in it. It's, it's cool. It's a cool uh, movie, for sure. I would recommend it. We watched it. It was like our family movie night. Like, my, my aunt and uncle came over with my cousin and we watched Kate this I I'm a big fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead I think she's very underrated uh she's one of those who she's been in some big movies yes but I feel like just hasn't she hasn't hit that like superstardom level because I really like her pilgrim birds of prey yeah uh, 10 cloverfield lane she's awesome she's fantastic her, yeah, so her she's and, a... uh, John Goodman in that movie. Oh man, I want to go watch that movie now. That's yeah, a, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim's one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, and she's great in it. You Blake know, Lively is making her directorial debut with a uh, something based off of the something the creator of Scott Pilgrim did, uh, comic book wise or whatever. So, FYI, nice. So maybe that'd well, be cool. cool. I... I'll have to put that back on my radar. I remember it came out last year, but I just never got a warm t- uh, around to it. It was pretty good. I was not disappointed. That was the only movie that I saw. I watched Batman again with my mom. She hadn't seen it. Uh, she liked it. Good times. That's about it. Cool. I played some games, watched some shows, and we'll get to that when we get to that. The yeah, only... we'll, we'll, let's... Oh, go ahead, Gary. I was going to say the only show that I've watched this week was on HBO Max. I'm caught back up with Winning Time. I think last time we recorded, I wasn't caught back up. Um, Now there has been an actual, the latter half of an episode was a basketball episode. It was actually about basketball, which was kind of cool. They were playing basketball. I mean, of course, the whole show is about basketball. Um, you know, more, I, I read an article about, uh, from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about the show, and he said if he, if he set himself aside, he said, first of all, he was there, right? And so when you're actually there, you know what actually happened, 
And so he he wasn't interested in the source material, but he said he was going to set that aside and try to watch it anyways. Um, and he said that a lot of the characters were flat and they were kind of just summed up by one emotion or just one thing that they always did. And watching the, the most recent episodes of Winning Time, I couldn't disagree more with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, seeing Adrian Brody and... Uh, his name is Paul in the show. Uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel and Adrian Brody are just so powerful on screen together. The chemistry that the two of them have as the assistant coaches is uh, a best friendship. It's volatile where they where they can't trust each other. They love each other. They win. They've they've got this great program, and so you get to see this full range of emotion from these two amazing actors. Um, and of course, John C. Riley and his comedic styling tie it all together. Uh, and he is just kind of a rich egomaniac, which is one of the things Kareem Abdul-Jabbar complained about. As he said, Dr. Boss wasn't just a megalomaniac. There's more to him than that. Um, and of course there is. But I think you get that from John C. Riley's character. He loves his family. He cares about his mom. He's just kind of a certainly a rich, disgusting horn dog. Uh, but there's more to his character than that. That's just not where it ends. Uh, I like Winning Time a lot. I, I would say watch Winning Time still. I'm still pretty high on it. There were a few episodes, like maybe episode three and four, that dragged a bit. And I think now five and six have come out. So we should be seeing the end of the series soon for Winning Time. Um, yeah, there's all it'll kinds be, of drama about. It'll you know, be just which... the end of the season. They, they it got renewed, so it'll it'll have a season two for sure. Interesting. See, and I'm not sure I would watch a season two. I think that this would be better as a limited run. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. Well, well, and I think that's a good point because I originally thought that Winning Time was going to cover the entire decade of the '80s and the '80s Lakers and. Obviously, you know, as it got to be episode four or five, whatever, and it was the season was just the first season of the in 79, 80 was just starting. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be the whole thing. And we've really just seen that first season. So, um, yeah, so there's more story to tell, but I'm kind of with you. I thought it was going to be a broader scope. But that being said, I love what they are doing. I, I've I've really enjoyed it. I'm behind. I haven't seen the most recent episode since I was out. Uh, but I plan to catch up this weekend. But yeah, this, it, this show rules. I still love that <clears throat> 70s, 80s style editing they use in the show. It really puts you in the moment. The costumes are absolutely killer. Uh, the vehicles, the background, they've really gone the extra mile to really set the 70s, 80s scenery. And every time John C. Riley walks on screen with a deep V that goes all the way down to his belly button... I lose it. I'm like, oh, yeah, is, is that V deep enough, baby? Is this a good V? Uh, I, need to, I need to get some of those 70s, 80s V-cut shirts. Those are sick. I've always liked John C. Riley. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's being hyperbolic to say this is some of his best work ever? Like, I think he's great in this. I, I, don't, I don't think so at all. I think this is probably some of his best work. John C. Riley's great, though. He, he's really a genius. And uh, hmm. I think that people are going to look back on him uh, a lot higher than they realize. I, I think he is just so warm in so many people's hearts and so great and so talented. Uh, he might be one of America's sweethearts that, you know, we, we don't even think about. And when he's gone, it's going to be a shock for uh, us. It'd yeah, be a shock for our whole generation and for comedy, man.
he he started out as a serious actor or was a serious actor for a long time and then and then started doing of course you know he did step brothers and and talladega nights and all and i started becoming a lot more known for comedies you know walk hard and so on um all but in stuff like this i mean movies. he could play the comedy well but also play the serious aspect but even Again, when I was in Disney, one day I was in the hotel and, and Wreck-It Ralph was on TV and I had to take a moment to be like, oh, yeah, this is John C. Riley too. I'm just like, man, I, I don't know. Like, good job, John C. Riley. Just mm-hmm. keep keep working. Keep making stuff. I like you. I do not like Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job, or whatever it's called. I don't think it's very funny. It's too spastic for me. But John C. Riley's bits as Dr. Brule uh, are so funny. I forgot he's uh, in that. Dr. Steve Brule or Dr. Steve Gruel. I don't remember what it is, but he's so, so funny. Is that uh, what that gif is from? GIF, mm-hmm. GIF, however you choose to say yes. it, is from of him as the scientist looking around? I've it's seen a, that all the time. I didn't never knew what it was from. Yeah, you could just go on a YouTube deep dive and just do like Dr. Steve Brule, um, uh, John C. Riley, Tim and Eric awesome show. And there are probably like five or six clips that are side-splittingly funny. But those might be the funniest things that ever came on that show were John C. Riley. Um, Jahan and I were playing a game together. We were playing a game yesterday. We were playing a game the day before yesterday. It's a brand new game on Game Pass. Are we switching the games now? Yeah, let's just hop into it, right? That's fine. And we can get back can do... to shows in a second because I've got one to talk about. But let's yeah, let's talk about this because I know Gary. I know you don't have it much else it on is. your list, and it's also the only game we have, which is interesting uh, for all of us video gamers. We only have one game. I have oh, one more. I have a game. I have a game. Oh, do you? Oh God, Drew, that is not <laughs> Jesus. You're no, really going to do this to us again? That he counts. did it. He's you, you son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> What Jahan and I have been playing is Research and Destroy. Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. It's free on Game Pass. We've always said Game Pass is a great deal. It's been quiet for a while. I've been picking up some of the stuff on Game Pass, but it hasn't been great slam dunk hits. Research and Destroy is a third-person shooter, and it's turn-based, and it's co-op. And if you play co-op, the other person gets three characters also. Yes. So Jahan and I are running around with six scientists. They have all kinds of wacky weapons, like a plasma launcher flamethrower that you can use as a jetpack to fly around, or a shotgun made of hard light that can shoot ghosts through walls. Uh, You know, the old-fashioned sniper rifle, a lightning gun that can also heal your allies. Um, And that's just six of the 12 weapons or 14 weapons and each one of them has two functions uh there are like a dozen gadgets in the game that let you teleport and spring jump and fly around and so it's a turn-based strategy game and on your turn you get a few seconds as that character i think you get like six or seven seconds so you can stand still and you can look around and it doesn't use your time but as soon as you start moving or you pull up your left trigger to aim down sights there's this big blue dome around you that starts to close in that is like a visual of how much time you have left. So as you're running and moving, uh, there's this great heads-up sort of understanding of how much time yeah, you have it's based on... Really good. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, the enemy types, it's 
undead. It's vampires. There are ghosts. There are trolls. two different kinds of vampires. That's right. There are trolls. Several different kinds of zombies. It's uh, research and destroy for a. It's it's a probably a forty dollar fifty dollar game. Right. It, it it's way more fun than it had any right to be. It looks like a child's version of XCOM, it's going which for 20 is twenty bucks right now. Actually, it's going for twenty. It's worth twenty. It's worth twenty. For sure. Oh my god, that game is worth twenty dollars. Yeah. Um, Research and destroy has. So we talked about kind of how the combat works. There's also an overworld, which is sort. That's more the XCOM feel there, where you build universities, you use scientists to upgrade your research. Once you have those universities, you can defend them by building minefields and electro walls. That way, if the, your territory gets randomly attacked during a zombie turn, you'll have defenses in, sp- in place. Uh, you can research new weapons. You can research the enemy types that you killed. Uh, there's just so much to research, to do, and to kill and discover. Every single map is uh, different because they're based on different sections of the world uh, in Europe, actually. So yeah, a lot of map uh, variety and and a pretty good amount of uh, mission variety as well. Um, one of the things I remember is Morocco, or like playing in Spain. When you take over Spain, the background looks like Spain. When you play in Morocco, it's deserts and beaches. And and so there is almost a real life geography reflected in the maps too, which yeah, for they me, put a lot of effort I think into that's it. awesome. I I, I, I love it. This game is absolutely certified fresh. If you have Game Pass, this is, this is worth playing. This this game is fun. Like me and Gary picked it up and we were playing because uh, he sold it to me. He was like, "This kind of like XCOM for babies." And then we started playing <laughs> it, and we both started realizing the depth that's actually here and the quality that's here. And man. Like, me and Gary like playing games together. We had so much fun playing this. And we're probably going to play it more soon. So. Yeah, John already told me he's off work Monday. And if he's not busy, I'm going to try to make him play more Research and Destroy with me. Certified fresh out the box. Jahan said it. I'll say it. Research and Destroy is this week's Game Pass hit. Uh, if you're looking for something to play, it's fun for single player. It's really fun for co-op. Uh, the fact that they don't make you split your three characters, instead they just double the amount of enemies and double the amount of time it takes for you to hack stuff, uh, that solves it. Good on them. Uh, I'll be playing more Research and Destroy in the days to come. Uh, if you don't have Game Pass, spend $20 on this game. Yeah, if you think Game a Pass, bargain for this, I think. Yeah, if you think Game Pass is a sham or, or you don't like it for whatever reason, buy Research and Destroy. You 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 get my thumbs up on this. At $20, you will be happy. That's all I've got this week. I'll jump in on any of my opinions of your things if I desire, but take it away, handsomes. You, you, want, you want to take it away there, Drew? I'll say I'll hop back to... Uh... TV shows real quick because I just want to touch on I won't talk about this for too long but I did watch the Barry premiere um, the Bill Hader show that's on HBO it looks really um, good this is the, have you have you watched this before I John or Gary I, have I you I've seen like an episode or two uh, yeah so this is the Bill Hader show where he is a a hitman who decides he wants to abandon his career as a hitman and instead pursue acting. And there's a lot that comes with that. Um, but this third season is already starting out. Pre- it, it's it's very 
you know, dark humor kind of show. And uh, this, I enjoy a lot. Yeah, the premiere of the third season was definitely in line with that darker and uh, but it's it's still good. Uh, it, def- it some time has passed since the last season in both real life and in the show. Um, but it's I think it's like a six month leap in time. So a lot has changed. So it's a little bit disorienting for me because it's been so long since I've seen season two that I was kind of like, ah, what happened? You know, trying to remember it did a recap at the beginning, but I still I think I need to go onto YouTube, YouTube or something and watch like a 10 minute recap of the series thus far, just because it's been a while. But um, that being said, I wasn't struggling that much in the premiere and thought it was really good. So anyway, that's it. It's just the first episode that has premiered as of this recording. I think the second episode comes on tomorrow night, but uh, that's Barry. I'll be probably commenting on it as this season goes on, but it is Bill Hader is great. He's directing the season. I know he directed the first episode. I'm not sure if he's directing every episode, but I think he is. And uh, there's some really impressive shots in this. I mean, he's very talented. Uh, it's it's very good. I highly recommend Barry. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been watching quite a few things, uh, which hasn't been true lately. Uh, but I actually I actually got some viewing time in this week. Maybe I'm just getting better at managing my time. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I started watching the flight attendant. Um, with Kaylee Cuoco, uh, who I love and she's fantastic in it. I, I watched like the first five, I think I know season two is coming. Uh, I like it. This show is good. Uh, I think season two, I think the first few episodes of it have dropped. I've seen the first season of this. I actually watched this back when HBO max first launched. So I've seen it. It's yeah, good. You like it? Yeah, no, I think it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I like all the, I like the way they're doing this mystery. Like she has the answers, but she can't remember. Uh, it's kind of a play on that whole. I mean, that's, you know, an established shtick, but uh, they do a good job of it. I really enjoy her like mind palace, uh, which is an interesting mechanic in this where she has like, you know, you could see inside her head and it's this whole, it's like a place. Uh, I really like that. And I like her character. I like all the characters. There's a lot of nonsense going on all the time between everybody. Uh, it's pretty intense. But no, it's a good show. I like it. It's funny and engaging. I don't know. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I was watching that. heard much about the second season. I know the first season was based off of a book. And there was only one book. So when they announced the second season, people were kind of like, oh, what? How are you doing a second season? Because it's just... You know, I thought it was going to be a limited series, but uh, so I'm interested to see that. I haven't jumped into it though. Yeah, uh, I I'm not going to talk much about it because I talk about it often. Uh, but Young Justice Phantoms new episodes dropping every week still, uh, and they're really getting into like the end game plot here of the season. And man, you're finding out like who the real bad guys are. There's some cool cool stuff going on uh, that I was not expecting at all and also i mean there's some cool lantern lore that you get to see uh they bring in some pretty uh, like pretty out there side characters that have some pretty cool things to say uh, interesting perspectives all around uh i also think it's interesting they really they're really trying to add a lot of inclusivity uh from it you know talking about islam to uh one of the main characters has an, a severely autistic child uh, and they deal with that, and like they deal with it, it's very real. Uh, 
Like, they deal with it in a very real way. Uh, and it's just interesting. Because, uh, you know, it's not like the kid has superpowers or anything. He's just autistic, and his mom is a member of the Justice League. And, you know, she has to deal with that while trying to say, I don't know, it's interesting for sure. But I've been enjoying uh, Young Justice again. The season's really gotten to a good point. On top of that, I also finally... So I've been watching some animes. I didn't realize I hadn't finished. Uh, I really enjoyed Full Metal Alchemist when it first dropped. Because, um, you know, that, that the first go was done before the manga had finished. So they kind of filled in some of the blanks. Uh, but then Brotherhood came out, which was written after the manga was done. So they knew where it was going the whole time. Uh, so it's got better kind of, it is better. I will say having finished it finally. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if you have seen full metal Alchemist brotherhood. I would suggest it, uh, you know, cause I've been all hyped about, I'm wearing my attack on Titan shirt. I've been all hyped about it. Full metal Alchemist man is a quality anime. It is so good. Uh, there's a reason why it has two animes and like three movies. And, uh, yeah, the creator of the manga, uh, who is a female, it's a woman wrote the manga, uh, which is awesome. Cause that's not as common, uh, in like the bigger animes, uh, unfortunately, but she has recently, uh, this is more why it's relevant now released a new manga, uh, <laughs> which is already slated for an international release very quickly after its uh, Japanese release. And it, I can only imagine will have, um, it's its own anime soon. So I don't know if people are anime fans. Uh, I know Gary is, I know you kind of dabble true. Not very much, but I but I don't have anything against it. I, like, there's a lot that I want to dive into, and I've just been hesitant because I really want to try, like, My Hero Academia or, you know, something like that. Yeah. We were talking about My Hero Academia the other day in one of our chats. Um, it's really great. It's also, like, thir- got, like, a 13-year-old love storyline going the entire time. So as long as you know that you're going to be watching a 13-year-old love story, like that's not just about 13-year-olds. It's like for junior high kids to watch. It's that's the target demographic. But the other the heroes and the stories are super compelling. The relationships are like it's like a junior high garbage. Uh but you run into that with anime sometimes. That was one of the big problems with Sword Art also. Um yeah, I think that we just need to like make Drew a list and force him to watch a bunch of animes Ooh, one that day. That could be a fun series. It's, it's not that he doesn't like them; it's just that he's behind on them. He, yeah. I, I think, I think he's in over his head, maybe. Yeah. See this one? Yeah. See, I'm excited for uh, this new manga because I'm not often like in on the ground floor on these kinds of things. You know what I mean? Like, I wait till they become shipped over here in like watch form, uh, but. This one's called The Underworld's Turn. Same writer. Uh, and it's slated for a December release. So I'll be checking out this manga later this year. So I'm excited for that. Uh, sticking with animation. Uh, I also... I for, a movie I forgot that I watched. Uh, because I just... It was recent. Uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. On HBO. Um, some of the voice acting in this I'm not sure about. But the story's interesting. 
Uh, essentially, Superman decides to get the Justice League and take the battle to Apocalypse, and it goes really, really badly. Uh, long story short, they do not win, uh, and it's like two years later, and the world is over, and like Apocalypse is like mining the me- the planet's core, uh, and it's just crazy. Uh, a lot of cool, st- there's a lot of interesting things. None of it's like canon with like the main continuity, obviously. It's just kind of a really cool what if situation. Uh, worth a watch. It has some of my favorite characters in it. Uh, John Constantine is one of the main characters. And then also we get a lot of uh, Ek- Ektragan, uh, who is a demon, uh, the demon alter ego of Jason Blood. Um, and he, I feel, is a very underutilized character. So it's cool that he got his time in the sun a little bit there. Um, that's everything I was watching. I just have a video game now. That's it. That's all I got. Well, what's your game? Uh, so I, it's a game I've been looking at for a while now. It was on sale uh, on Steam. Dice Legacy. It is a, it's like a, it's a city builder kind of survival game uh, where you are just trying to, you know, keep your village alive until, for as long as you can. Uh, it takes place, it's interesting, it's on like a, a ring like kind of like a halo ring, you know, you're on the inside of it and you're going around, uh, you have a set of workers who are dice. You have to roll them to see what jobs they can do anytime you want to use them, that kind of thing. And you can adapt them here and there. You can get different kinds of, uh, workers as well. It's one of those kinds of games. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I look forward to diving back into it. I gave it a good few hours. Um, yeah, I liked it. Awesome. Well, I'll talk about one game quickly uh, before we wrap up, and this is Gary's already shaking his head because he's so excited for me. To it's like it's like here's the thing: I'm not going to gatekeep what is or isn't a video game because I I like video games and video gamers, and this is a video game. But it's they've made this game. They've made this game like they already made. They already made they this made game. This through. One, oh, this fair. is a new one. This is new. This is new. This is new. They're called sequels, Gary. Get with it. <laughs> I have been playing Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Uh, they already made the, that. The newest entry in the Lego <laughs> Star Wars series. Um, they've done the prequel movies. They've done the original trilogy. Literally every single movie, Drew, they're all the Star Wars saga. So every single one is the Skywalker saga. This one covers all nine episodes, but they're new levels. They're not recycled from the previous games. And it has hundreds of playable characters, literally thousands of collectibles. This game has Drew written all over it. If you want a good old collectathon with fun Star Wars jokes and exploration, this is my type of game. <laughs> I have played through uh, A New Hope. I'm currently playing through The Empire Strikes Back because I've decided to start 
you know, you can start with either episode one, episode four, or episode seven. You know, eat each of the trilogies. Uh, I decided to go OG and start in release order. I'm going to play through four, five, and six, and then one, two, and three, and then seven, eight, nine. That is my plan. I would probably uh, play it in the same order that I eat food, which is eat the food that you like the least on the plate first. So I probably would have started with seven, eight, nine and just got that trash out of the way. (laughs) Understandable, understandable. But yeah, um, so far I've, I've only dabbled with it a little bit, but I've already unlocked a bunch of characters and collecting Lego studs and destroying stuff. And, uh, having having a good old time i like these lego games so i it's been a while since i've played one so i'm all about it yeah Yeah. i actually really like seven uh eight can bite me and nine is just so disappointing (laughs) Uh, and i i don't share those opinions often because i know that they're not unique opinions it's a very wide state and i also don't like the people that i share those opinions with because uh, a lot of that, the hatred does just come from sexism, but I don't like a lot about the movies themselves. Uh, I just don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I loved seven. Yeah, I was, seven was meh, meh on eight, but I've actually rewatched it a couple times and it's grown on me. I, I'm more fond of it now. Um, I can't do it, man. And nine i thought was garbage poo poo and i've only seen it the one time that i saw it in theaters it is to date the only star wars movie that i've never rewatched. i've only seen it i don't know if i can man i don't know if i can do it I'm, i can I'm do huge... it because yeah. i know that i'm looking forward to babu frick and if i i could just keep on going till i get to the babu frick scenes and after that i don't know if i could stay in my seat though Fair. I'd say that's a totally fair. I honestly, I probably, I mean, I want to say I like the ninth one better than the eighth one. The eighth one pisses me off so badly in so many ways, but the ninth one's also just irredeemable trash. Well, on that note, (laughs) um, is there anything else to add for this episode, guys? No, that was everything that I've been doing. Well, I I, think... um, I actually didn't do any of that stuff that I said. I just made that up so you guys would think I was cool. We still don't think. Hey, cool. <laughs> we got to have material for the podcast. So you 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 faked it well. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I mean, we will the only be thing back... I have is uh, on on a TTRPG note that you might actually be interested in, Drew. The uh, the Marvel Multiverse TTRPG playtest dropped, uh, and I've I have been reading seen that a lot. And uh, it's interesting, and I think I like it. I think I like it. That's it. Sorry. I think I like you, Jahan. I I think I I know I like you, Drew. (laughs) Uh, Well, we will be back next week um, doing an all-new episode where we will be talking purely Marvel because we will be... Uh, discussing and going into spoilers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, the Doctor Strange sequel, and also uh, the Moon Knight finale will have aired, so we'll talk a little bit of Moon Knight next week. But I am loving Ethan Hawke in Moon Knight. I just saw 
I just saw a trailer for another Ethan Hawke movie where he's like terrorizing a, a captured kid in his basement. Black the Black Phone. It the looks Black great. Phone. That looks sick. Oh man! So you know, missing upsetting. kids, missing kids and dead kids and all that are really going to get to me. But that looks like a good, scary movie. A good, fresh, psychological, terrifying time. And another connection there to bring it full circle: the Black Phone is directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed. Doctor Strange and was supposed to direct the sequel, um, but dropped out due to creative differences, which is when Sam Raimi was hired and Scott Derrickson went and made the black phone, which is coming Man. out soon. This is all looking good. Looking forward to this stuff, guys. Thanks. Thanks again for, for being here. This is great. <laughs> yeah, this has been episode 43 of Fresh Out the Podcast. I'm Drew Munhausen. You can catch me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And where can we catch both of you? Hey, I'm Jahanan. You catch me at RockTact on Twitter. And you can tweet at me about whatever. Uh, and I'll tweet you back. Maybe. It's it's me, CasualtyCDG. You can find me at CasualtyCDG on all of the social medias. If you want to see me and Jahan playing tabletop role-playing games, a la we're making silly voices and rolling dice to decide our fate... Come by every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Twitch.tv backslash Jahananon. There's also a YouTube channel, Fresh Out the Box. There's a Facebook for Fresh Out the Box. Uh, we play things that are not Dungeons and Dragons. We play all sorts of things. And to Jahan's point, we both have the, the Marvel tabletop role-playing game. So that we'll probably be seeing our screen sometime soon. Right now we're playing superheroes. We're playing sentient colonies of spider folk. Uh, and we're also playing Winter Soldier, uh, sort of Winter Soldier, with violent stabbing and breaking people's arms with his big, strong metal arms. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll see you on the next one. Tell all your friends about Fresh Out the Podcast and Fresh Out the Thanks, everybody. Stay fresh. <laughs>